You are now tuned in to the Prescription for Purpose podcast, the number one podcast for Christian women to learn how to apply God's principles to fulfill your God-ordained purpose. Every episode will empower you with the tools and wisdom necessary so you can strategically execute and excel in every area of your life. This is the place for you to learn how to walk in purpose, to walk with purpose, and to fulfill God's purpose. Hey sis, have you downloaded the Prescription for Purpose mobile app? It is the number one resource for women of faith who are looking to build their faith and walk in purpose. This is not your ordinary app. There are so many great features from Bible studies to devotionals, practical resources, study tools, and flashcards for every verse in the Bible so you can truly study God's word. You can even get your own devotionals, prayers, and Bible studies featured right on the app to share with everyone in the community. My favorite part of the app is the community. There's so many women who are a part of this app that are truly just in love with God and we want to build a life that is pleasing to him. So if you are looking to partner with us to pursue your purpose, head over to the Apple App Store or to the Google Play App Store and download the Prescription for Purpose app today for free. That's RX for Purpose. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Prescription for Purpose podcast. Today's episode is entitled How to Build the Skill of Discernment. Now, before y'all try to get too deep and y'all get get uptight and try to slide in my DMs, discernment is absolutely a spiritual skill that each one of us have the ability to sharpen and to develop with the help of the Holy Spirit, Okay. However, it is not the same thing as the gift of discerning the spirits. That's, it's not the same thing. So everybody doesn't have the gift of discerning the spirits, but each of us have the ability to have and develop our ability to discern. Okay. Like everybody has the ability to discern because we all have the Holy Spirit who then imparts unto us what God is doing, his preferences, and then we pick the option in alignment with the Lord that is discernment, okay? And before we get super, super deep, okay, because we we, come, we coming in hot, I want to give you all these skills real quick. We are going to be studying Hebrews 5 verses 13 through 14 because I didn't say it, God said it, okay? Um, in Hebrews 5 verses 13 and 14, it says, for everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is an infant. But solid food is for the mature, who because of practice, because of practice, has trained their senses to discern good and evil. Okay, I'm gonna run it back one more good time. For everyone who partakes only of the milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is an infant. But solid food is for the mature who, because of practice, have trained their senses to discern good and evil. And we talked about Solomon um, a while back, a couple weeks ago on the show, and we talked about his request of God, not solely or merely just for wisdom, but asking for an understanding heart and the ability to properly judge God's people, which is discernment. Okay. A lot of times we feel as if 
Um, and we get kind of hit with like, oh, you a Christian, you're not supposed to judge. Actually, you are. Who, who said that? You should judge. That's, that's how you're going to remain sober and vigilant. The Bible says that we are to test every spirit, right? So we should be judging, but the judgment that we're passing needs to be based on God's standard and not our own. And a lot of times we don't talk about how there are skills in our faith walk that we need to develop in. Um, we talk about, oh, like you need more discernment, but nobody ever tells you like, so how I get that? Do I go to Publix? to get some discernment, like, is it in the produce section? I don't really know. And so I wanted to take the time to sit down and really study um, and share with y'all some strategies that I picked up from my investigating into how to really build up our discernment, okay? So let's start from the top. Number one, in order to build the skill of discernment, you have to study God's word. And I know that y'all be like, girl, that's all you talk about. Girl, what prescription do you think that I'm giving y'all for purpose? It's, it's the scriptures. Okay. <laughs> you have to study God's word. And here's why. Because you have to know God's standard. In order for you to develop the skill of discernment, remember, we're discerning what God prefers, his preferences. We are discerning um, and establishing good from evil. And so we have to make sure that we are judging not against our own understanding, not against our own standards, but against the standards of God. When we are using discernment, we're evaluating the thing that meets God's standard. Does this meet God's standard? Does that man meet God's standards? Not your own but God's and we get real caught up because a lot of times we base whether or not something is good simply based off of what we think, but everything that's good is not God. And it be real heavy on the leaning onto your own understanding. Like you be leaning real hard. And so we have to learn God's standard for living his standard for relationship his standard for leadership, we have to understand all of that in order for us to discern his preferences. So you have to become familiar with the standard and you have to, at the very least, if you don't know it bar for bar, if you're not that trained in the word yet, if you're like, look, Charla, I'm new to the faith. So I just ain't gonna be able to discern. Not so. Because a lot of times what it is, is that you just have to learn where to find it. Okay, I work in general pediatrics. Sis. I see everything. So I don't work in a specialty office where all I deal with is like respiratory system. I deal with the entire body. And so I'm very knowledgeable about everything, but that doesn't mean that I have every single solitary answer for all things. However, I know where to go if I am working through a differential diagnosis. I know I can go here and get solid information and I know how to go get the answers I'm looking for. Likewise, we have to do that in the spirit. If you don't know the scripture, first things first, you shouldn't be making no decisions. If you are in a position where you're like, man, I'm trying to make this decision. I don't really know what God got to say about it. And you make a decision anyway, you're out of order. You're making this in your own understanding and not God's. So what I recommend that you do 
is you have to learn how to study the word. And this is a not even a, it's an unshameless plug, okay? We have the Sis Pick Up Your Sword journal and guide coming out this month. Make sure you grab a copy because I talk about and show you how to use the word as the guide that it's supposed to be. Because we have to know context. You can't just go and get one scripture. You have to know where and how to get God's word. So even if you don't know exactly, there's plenty of times y'all where I'm like, I think this is the scripture or I know it's in Jeremiah or I know it's over here. But what I know is that I know it. Okay. I know God's word and it's, it's written on the tablets of my heart. So I may not know exactly where it is, but I know the content of God's word in the context of God's word right? Jesus knew the standard. And that's why when little Lucy had tried to use scripture in the wilderness to support his temptations, Jesus was able to rightfully divide the mess and speak real truth because he understood and knew the totality of God's standard. So he could discern that even though the enemy was using scripture, he was lying per usual. So the first thing that you have to do to build discernment is you have to study God's word because you have to know the standard. If you don't know the standard, you're not going to be able to rightfully discern. The next thing you have to do is you have to learn how to look at a situation objectively. Now, this is going to take time, practice, and skill. I know because critically and objectively looking at situations is what nursing school was all about. And when I was in school, girl, they would be like, you have to learn how to think like a nurse because the questions would be like, you got four oranges. Which orange is the orangiest orange of them all? Wait, (laughs) huh? But if you aren't aware of the skill and the processes that your brain needs to go through, If you don't know the standard, if you don't know that, hey, in healthcare, we worry about ABCD, we worry about airway, breathing, circulation, D is diabetes, okay? We worry about those things first. So that would be, are any of these patients that sick? This is how we, this is how I'm able to objectively look at the situation. But I know the standard because I went to nursing school. So we have to have the Bible and say, okay, we know with God, these are the fruits of the spirit. This ain't adding up. These are um, the fruits of people who are operating in their flesh. And this looks like that. But I have to know the standard to be to be able to objectively look at a situation. And what we have to do as believers is develop some critical thinking skills. So I couldn't look at any of these patient scenarios. And just because, ooh, I see that option A is a two-day-old baby, that baby could be stable and the 68-year-old man is sick. His, his airway closing up. That would be leaning onto my own understanding. And there are times where it may be a super gut-wrenching and emotional story or situation. And it's my responsibility to make a sound decision for that patient's health. And you may experience situations where you are needing to make a decision and it's very emotional, but you have to ask God and the Holy Spirit to give you the peace of mind to be able to look at the situation with a mind like Christ, to be able to remove the scales from your eyes so you can see clearly now. So we have to make sure that we learn how to sometimes, sometimes temporarily tell our emotions to hush 
take the facts and then prayerfully consider what decision needs to be made. A lot of times, if we're being honest, we done followed our feelings more than we followed the father. And that's why we be getting caught up like Usher out here in these streets. Solomon, even in Solomon, um, in first Kings where Solomon had the two moms, right? They were both moms. They were both prostitutes. One baby was dead. She said that she slept on that baby. They were accusing each other of whose, whose baby is the live baby. And Solomon said, split the baby in half. And I truthfully don't really think that Solomon was going to let them cut this baby in half, but he had the wisdom of God to know that the baby's real mom would intervene before letting their baby die. And so it may have seemed like a cruel trick or a, a, a cruel um, litmus test, but it was necessary to make the right decision. He had to objectively deal with the situation. Hey sis, I want to tell you about our new Prescription for Purpose quiz. This quiz takes less than three minutes to complete and when you finish, you will receive your official purpose prescription. Your prescription will include information about your diagnoses and then you get free courses to help you take the necessary steps to start walking in purpose. The quiz is customized to help you in your current season. Do not spend another day without the clarity and instruction that that you need. Go right now to the link in the show notes, take the quiz and get your official purpose prescription today. Now let's get back to the show. And so it takes a level of skill for us to train ourselves in going to God in prayer first as a first response and not a last resort. Because a lot of times if we be in truth be told, we do a bunch of stuff first and then it's like, oh, none of this works. So let me, let me go pray. You have to train yourself in this. I was talking to my husband about this and we've been, we were just talking about stepping into the fullness of what God has called you to. And a lot of times we get so uncomfortable because it's unnatural and we're looking for it to feel natural, but our flesh, like our, our, our humanness, we are naturally wicked. And so if you find yourself uncomfortable, just know you're in the right position. You have to teach yourself, nope, this is what I do first. So I'm able to deal in an emergent situation, in a code situation. I'm not running around screaming like a chicken with my head cut off. I'm able to deal with the patient, stabilize them. And absolutely, once we're done and we know that they're stable, girl, I, I mean, I'll be in the break room because I need five because my adrenaline, <laughs> right? My body and my emotions, I can then deal with. But the primary thing is to deal with the situation first. And we have to take our concerns and our prayers and our emotions to God first and ask him to give you the wisdom of what he is making, um, the, the, what he wants to happen in the situation. Okay. You have to get more comfortable with that being your first response. You have to train yourself to go to God in prayer first. That doesn't mean that you're less saved. It don't mean that you don't love God. It means that you are human. And so our primary instinct is for us to lean into our own understanding and to try to save ourselves. We have enough wisdom to say, nope, I need to go to God in prayer first. Eventually it will become a reflex. Event, like I'm always assessing people and situations, even in the grocery store. And I'm to, like, I'll say something to my husband, like, oh, that person has elephantitis. I really hope that they like 
are concerned about the way their leg looks. And my husband's like, girl, we're going to do this. We're going to do this at Publix. Yes. I'm sorry. I can't turn it off. Right. So we have to get to a point where things become so part of us that it becomes our new nature or our second nature. But don't feel discouraged if you feel as if, yeah, girl, I, I do use prayer as a last resort and I want to do better. You have to train yourself. You have to make a conscious decision. You don't get saved and then wake up and just be like, everything is so, I just do all the things perfect. No, this whole walk is you growing in the skills and learning to teach your flesh to line up with your spirit. So hear me good. I'm not saying that you need to dismiss your emotions. What I'm saying is that you have to submit your emotions. So yes, you are going to have to learn how to objectively and critically think about situations. Sometimes you're going to have to tell your emotions to hush and you're going to have to submit them to God, right? The scripture says that our senses have to be trained. And I love y'all know I love my study Bible child. It's good to me. It says that it takes constant practice or spiritual exercise for our sensory perceptions to line up with the with God's specific will, what he wishes to reveal in our individual lives. We have to train ourselves to respond to God the same way that I respond when I hear a code go off. Immediately, my brain is like, mm, what? Even when I'm not at work. And so we have to make our senses, our emotions align with God's word. Do not ignore your feelings. Don't stuff your feelings down. Don't dismiss them, but you have to submit them. Okay. So the first thing is studying God's word. So, you know, the standard, the second is learning how to objectively look at a situation. And then the last strategy is to practice radical obedience. Okay, remember I told y'all God speaks to be obeyed. And in this text in Hebrews 5, um, it speaks about us being trained. And the Greek word tra for training in the scripture um, is gymnasio, which is the root of the gym. Okay, now y'all know I don't, I don't be trying to be in the gym like that. Don't listen to this if you're my trainer. Um, I don't be liking to be in the gym like that. But I think that, uh, first of all, it's really cool. Okay, like, I'm like, ooh, so the word gym came from being trained and that's in the Bible. Ooh, okay, I'm a nerd. Let me live. But this um, word, gymnasio, actually speaks to, like, training. It's the def Let me just read the definition, y'all, because it it's given too much. Training naked or with a loincloth like the ancient Greeks. It presumes the full discipline necessary to be in top working condition, full agility, skill, and endurance. Okay. So it's a, it, in this definition, it's using the same kind of imagery that we see with the Titans. Okay. They, I don't know why they were training naked, mm -hmm. but you know, they had the little toga cloths back in the ancient Greek times, but essentially it's their level of top working skill. They took that very seriously. They had to follow the regimen and it talks about this training being constant and being rigorous. Now, get your mind out of the gutter. I know you probably like, girl, where are you going with this? Listen to me, listen to me. 
the same way that this talks about them practicing in the nude, okay? There is a level of vulnerability that you are going to experience as you learn to submit to the radical obedience that God is requiring. You're going to feel silly sometimes. You're going to feel um, unsure sometimes, but know that you are secure in God. There is a level of vulnerability that it's going to take for you to practice radical obedience. You're going to have to be willing to set yourself out there. And a lot of times we often don't set ourselves out because we're too worried about ourselves. It's a pride issue. What if people don't like this? What if people talk about me? What if what you have on the inside of you will save somebody's life, right? So every time I start getting the what ifs, I have to reposition my thinking to say, what if I don't? Who suffers if I decide that I'm not doing this because of my own selfish reasoning? Even if it's valid, right? That you may have some some security issues. It may be valid, but it's still selfish. You're not worried about who suffers because you don't. So understand that as you practice radical obedience, you're going to have to be willing to be vulnerable with God. So training for us means that we endure that rigorous, intentional refinement and sanctification in our minds and in our body to wholeheartedly live out our faith, right? And James, it talks about us going through the test and trials because it's going to perfect our faith. And you're going to have to be vulnerable in order to experience this. And although it may be difficult at times, I promise you that it's doable with God. You cannot do this on your own right? So don't allow the pressures of the world to mount up on you because you cannot do this on your own. That's why God sent Jesus and Jesus left us with the Holy Spirit. And it's through that connection that we're able to do the things, right? We have to understand that you're not, you're, you can't do this on your own. You can't, there's just no way. And if you're trying to do it in your own strength, that's why you're tired and you get in your head busted. The only thing that you need to do is what God called you to, right? You cannot do this on your own. And God doesn't even deem us responsible. That's why he sent help. The Holy Spirit is our helper, our advocate, our intercessor. The only thing that you have to do is wholeheartedly commit to submitting yourself to the promptings and leadings of the Holy Spirit, right? You got to follow the tour guide. We went to to Mexico in December, y'all, and we was on this group excursion, and there was this one group from, this one couple from Spain, and baby, they was on their own tour, and it was so annoying. It was, the, the tour guide was annoyed, we were annoyed, because we're being held up, waiting on them, because they want to do their own thing. But a lot of us look like that in the spirit. People are waiting on us. The body of Christ is waiting on us. They having to adjust. We running late for stuff because you want to follow your own God and your own little travel plans. They was that y'all. They was irking. I was like, okay, God, because wet. So we have to follow the Holy Spirit, right? So he the coach helping you run the play. God, God, God drew the play up. Holy Spirit, the coach, and Jesus came and showed you you could do it. He demonstrated it with his life, okay? 
So I'm going to do a quick recap. Discernment is a skill. It's a skill of you being able to rightfully judge. For you to be able to rightfully judge based on God's standard. Go to Hebrews 5, 13, 14, 13 through 14 if you, if you want to run it back. And in order for you to develop the skill, you have to first study God's word so that you know what his standards are. Because when we are making these judgments, we are doing them against his standard. You have to learn how to submit your emotions to God and to objectively look at situations to make the best decision. And then you have to practice radical obedience. Sis, I promise you, you can do it, okay? You can do it, put your faith into it, okay? That's, that's, that's the word. You can do it. I pray that this blessed y'all. I pray that you are more intentional about implementing these strategies to just hear God more clearly. I would absolutely recommend that if you have not and you know that you have flat out disobeyed God, just go to him and repent and ask him to help you, right? Ask him to, to continue to fill you with the Holy Spirit. You have Holy Spirit, but our sin and our unwillingness to, um, to obey, we can quench the spirit. That's in scripture. We're going to have to run that back. Okay. And we're going to talk about that some more. I don't know when, but we will. But you can quench the spirit. When you get saved, you get Holy Spirit. But the more that you are feeding your faith, feeding your spirit, then we continue to get filled with the spirit because you can quench him to where there's so much noise that you can't hear. And so I pray that this encourages you to address that in your own life and gives you the tools and the tips that you need so you can hear directly from God for yourself. Okay, so I love y'all. God bless you, and I'll talk to you next week. This episode of the Prescription for Purpose podcast is brought to you by The Society. The Society is our online membership community for women who want to grow in both their faith and in their business. It's hosted by myself, Tatum Tamia of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast, Kavaya Watrice of the She Who Is Called app, and Rosalind Renee of the Therapy as a Christian podcast. This membership community literally has everything that you need. We do free challenges once a quarter. And our last challenge at the end of the year, people were getting saved. People were getting jobs, growing in their faith. I mean, it is just such a rich place to be. I absolutely love hosting the society because I get to teach Bible study every two weeks. Kavaya writes daily devotionals. We have prayer call every week. Tatum does business training and Rosalind makes sure that we are on our toes mentally and we're able to effectively be productive in every aspect of our life. I promise that you will not regret taking advantage of being a part of this community. Head on over to the blessed and bossed up society.com to start your free two week trial. That's blessed and bossed up society com to start your two-week free trial today. Now let's get back to the show.